Today on In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag. Isaiah writes it this way. Come, God says, and let us reason together. Let's reason. Let's, let's be reasonable. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. That's what Jesus is referring to when he says, I am a worm. I am this scarlet worm that was fastened to a tree to die. You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. Through his death on the cross, Jesus opened the door for us to heaven. Pastor J.D. explains to us how the scarlet worm sacrifices itself for its children in the same way Jesus sacrificed himself for us. As you move forward in your walk with Christ, know that he can turn any stain into pure white. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 21 with today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. And then he shares this account of what happened to him. And I want to share it with you. He says, I remember as it relates to me personally, when we first moved into this building and began the services here, we hit a block of time when I was getting up in this pulpit and it was like I was running through mud. I mean the spiritual warfare against what was happening in this church and it was coming against me in particular while trying to minister the word and also in sermon preparation. It was reaching all the way into the pulpit. It was just getting way too far in as far as any opposition had a right to consistently to where the pastor shouldn't have to be dealing with that degree of warfare in ministering the word over and over again continually. Today, on Sunday mornings, there's a group of men and women that are in the prayer room, first and second service, and they're praying for everyone in this room, including me, he says. Ever since we began that intercession, what I was experiencing for all those months has been gone. And it's been years now. It's just the power and witness to Psalm 20 here, the importance of encouragement and the importance of intercession for leaders. Okay, maybe that last part was a little bit self-serving. I have to confess that it would, well, how do I say this? I don't want to sound too dramatic. But it would be a dream come true. If we would get to the place as a church where, especially on Sunday mornings, we had a group of men and women that were praying during the service for Listen, how do I say this without, I I hope you know my heart here. But God has seen fit to take this obscure ministry 
here on the windward side of Oahu to reach the uttermost parts of the earth on a week in and week out basis. And I, and I share with you, I've been trying more so lately, uh, especially because of the testimonies that come in. Uh, this uh, uh, sister in Christ that came to Christ in Japan. Because there's a ministry that translates the prophecy updates into Japanese. And you know, I, I started, I'll tell you, since I started sharing the gospel at the end of the prophecy updates, I cannot even begin to tell you, and I please, this is not self-serving, I cannot even begin to tell you this satanic attack, the spiritual warfare in my life, on me, on my family, and on my church family. You think that we're not arousing the anger of the enemy? People are coming to Christ from all over the world. You don't think the enemy is going to do something? You know, the, the time when you worry is when the enemy leaves you alone. You pose no threat to him. He, he, in fact, he sends you a thank you card and a bouquet of flowers and a gift card and keep up the good work. You're no threat to the kingdom of, of darkness. When you're gaining ground and expanding the kingdom of God, it arouses the anger of the enemy and the attack comes. And, and again, it's not just me. I look at, you know, Pastor Mac. What, what's happened? You know, they, they lose the baby. He goes in for surgery. This happens. By the way, I, we're going to dance after this service, right? We're going to get Pentecostal. We don't need that cane, yeah? <laughs> you know, I, I, I hope you don't mind me doing this, Eric, but uh, Eric happens to be here uh, tonight. And I was thinking about when we were building this building, this spiritual warfare during that time. And not just during the, the time we were renovating this building, which was an absolute miracle. But it was once we started having services in this building, the spiritual warfare that came on the heels. Satan didn't want us in this church. I shared with you very personally about during that, that process, how the enemy was just, I mean, attacking just the warfare. You know, and get the focus off of me. You know, we, we have people that come on a Monday morning, a team of people, and no spotlight, no nothing. And they just come and they give up their time, and they clean this church so nicely. So we get here on a Thursday night. We've got a clean, beautiful building to worship in. Pray for them. The children's ministry. This is, this is what I call frontline ministry. Pray for those servants. Pray for Gail, my assistant. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Pray for David. Pray for the worship team. Pray for the worship leaders. All of those that serve so faithfully, so tirelessly in this church, we need your prayers. And, and not just for us. Let's talk about encouragement just for a moment. We need to encourage one another. Especially in these days in which we live. Just a, a word of encouragement. It goes a long ways. 
Sometimes it can just be a listening ear, a pat on the back, and hey, brother, can I pray for you? Hey, sister, can I, can I pray for you? Woman to woman, man to man, can I pray for you? I mean, we've got the world, we've got the devil, we've got the flesh that we're battling with on a day in and day out basis. We just, sometimes just that, that word of encouragement. How about this one? I prayed for you yesterday, and, and I, here's what I prayed specifically for you. Oh my goodness. What a blessing that is. You know, there are times, and I know you know what I'm talking about when I say this. There are times when you know, you just sense, wow, somebody's praying for me right now. I can sense that somebody's praying for me right now. And then we, we, we come together on a Thursday night for a Bible study. We come together on Sunday mornings. And we're fellowshipping with our brothers and sisters in Christ. And just that, that fellowship together and that encouragement that comes from one another. It's so important. It is so important, especially in these last days as this world waxes more and more evil. Well, let's uh, finish it off with Psalm 22, kind of save the best for last. That might be an understatement. I do need to provide an introduction of sorts because Psalm 22 is a prophetic psalm concerning Jesus Christ. In it, David is given this supernatural glimpse into that which will take place yet future when Jesus would be crucified on a cross a thousand years before they would even invent a cross for crucifixion. A thousand years. And David is given this prophecy, if you will, of the Savior who will come and be crucified for the sins of mankind. Here's what's interesting about this psalm. We're going to read, and those of you who know about this psalm, in it, there are descriptions and this prophetic uh, insight that David is given that are not contained in the gospel accounts. In fact, we're going to read uh, one part here, and I want to talk about it uh, a little bit, uh, that actually Jesus quotes this prophecy about him while on the cross. Powerful. So what we're about to read here in Psalm 22 describes with painful detail the Savior's suffering while on the cross. This too is to the chief musician and apparently it's set to a song known as the Deer of the Dawn and it's a Psalm of David, verse 1, and here it is. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from helping me and from the words of my groaning? Oh my God, I cry in the daytime, but you do not hear. And in the night season, and am not silent, but you, verse 3, are holy, enthroned in the praises of Israel. Our fathers trusted in you. They trusted and you delivered them. 
They cried to you and were delivered. They trusted in you and were not ashamed. And I want you to pay particular attention to verse 6. But I am a worm and no man, a reproach of men and despised by the people. All those who see me ridicule me. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying, He trusted in the Lord. Let him rescue him. Let him deliver him since he delights in him. Uh, sounds like what the criminal being crucified with Christ said. Save yourself. Verse 9, but you are he who took me out of the womb. You made me, notice that's capitalized, trust while on my mother's breasts. I was cast upon you from birth. From my mother's womb, you have been my God. Be not far from me, verse 11. For trouble is near, for there is none to help. Many bulls have surrounded me. Strong bulls of Bashan have encircled me. They gape at me with their mouths like a raging and roaring lion. I am poured out like water. And all my bones, interesting, are out of joint, not broken. No bone of the Savior, the Lamb of God, could be broken. They're out of joint. My heart is like wax. It has melted within me. My strength, verse 15, is dried up like a potsherd. And my tongue clings to my jaws. You have brought me to the dust of the earth. An apt yet graphic description of crucifixion. What happens to the body? For dogs, verse 16, have surrounded me. The congregation of the wicked has enclosed me. They pierce my hands and my feet. I can count all my bones. They look and stare at me. They divide my garments among them. That happened. That prophecy was fulfilled at the crucifixion. And again, this is a thousand years before the crucifixion. And for my clothing, they cast lots. But you, O Lord, do not be far from me. O my strength, hasten to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dog. Save me, verse 21, from the lion's mouth and from the horns of the wild oxen. You have answered me. I will declare your name to my brethren. In the midst of the assembly, I will praise you. You who fear the Lord, praise him. All you descendants of Jacob, glorify him and fear him. All you offspring of Israel. For he has not despised nor abhorred the affliction of the afflicted. Nor has he hidden his face from him. But when he cried to him, he heard. My praise shall be of you in the great assembly. I will pay my vows before those who fear him. The poor shall eat and be satisfied. Those who seek him will praise the Lord. Let your heart live forever. All the ends of the world, verse 27, shall remember and turn to the Lord. And all the families of the nations shall worship before you. For the kingdom is the Lord's. 
And he rules over the nations. All the prosperous of the earth shall eat and worship. All those who go down to the dust shall bow before him. Even he who cannot keep himself alive. A posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generation. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people who will be born that he has done this. <laughs> okay. So this psalm is rich with poetic and prophetic imagery, and again, specifically as it relates to the crucifixion. Now, I want to draw your attention to one reference in particular, and it stands out in a strange, I say that in a, in a sanctified sense, but in, in a strange and interesting way, and it's in verse 6, where David, by the Holy Spirit, prophetically writes about Jesus being a worm. Now this is no ordinary worm like we would understand a worm. This is a powerful and profound picture of what's known as the crimson worm or the scarlet worm. And it's commonly found in the Middle East and particularly in Israel today. I want to show you a picture of what this worm looks like. It doesn't look like a long worm. It's more like a, a, a snail kind of looking worm. But I also have a picture with a, uh, of a tree with a red stain, and you'll see why here in a moment. So what follows is a description of what this scarlet worm is. And this reference to this specific worm in this psalm that Jesus would liken himself to. So this is what this scarlet or if you prefer crimson worm is and does as it relates to the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. And as I kind of read this, I want you to, and by the way, you can find this online. It's a fascinating study. I won't go too in-depth or too detailed. But first, when the worm is ready to lay its eggs, it fastens itself to a tree and dies. After hatching its eggs, the worms that were birthed feed on the body of the worm, forget this, three days. Not four, not two, three days. It gets better. During the three days, the worm, this particular worm, will leave a scarlet or crimson red fluid which stains the tree, pictured here, and stains the worms that were birthed. After the third day, the worm's tail pulls up to its head into the shape of a heart and is no longer red, but instead turns from scarlet red to a snow white wax. I hope what you're thinking of when I read this are passages in Isaiah 
like though our sins be as scarlet, he makes them white as snow. I hope you're also thinking about verses that talk about cursed is any man who hangs on a tree. I, I hope you're, you're thinking about the three days. The only sign when Jesus was confronted and cornered, he said, you're going to get is Jonah in the belly of the big fish for three days. That's the only sign. It's a, a type that points to just like Jesus would be in the belly of the earth in the grave for three days. And on that third day, he would rise again. That's the three days. And it goes on and on. And this is why I would really recommend that you do further study on this. It is just fascinating. So while the worm's remains are still red and attached to the tree, they are taken and used to this day to make a royal red dye. This was the same dye that was used as the red in the robe of the high priest and the covering of the tabernacle in the wilderness. Uh, but here's the thing, lastly, and I want you to think about this. What would happen if the worm did not die? It would not fasten itself to the tree. There would be no red scarlet blood that would turn to white snow white wax. There would be no new birth because there was no death. And this is a picture of the crucifixion of Jesus Christ who would be fastened to a tree, taken upon himself the curse of the sin of all mankind. And he would pay in full with the shedding of his blood that whosoever would believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. Isaiah writes it this way. Come, God says, and let us reason together. Let's reason. Let's, let's be reasonable. Though your sins be as scarlet, I will make them white as snow. That's what Jesus is referring to when he says, I am a worm. I am this scarlet worm that was fastened to a tree to die. Only three days later to rise again and bring new life. Wow, how amazing is that, right? There's a lot to learn from the book of Psalms, and we're so glad you've joined us to sift through it all with Pastor J.D. Farag on In Spirit and Truth. The range of emotions expressed in the pages we've been studying give us an accurate and beautiful picture of our Heavenly Father, the almighty and loving creator of the world. Before we end our time with you today, we'd like to share how you can access more of these messages right now. Simply visit InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com and click on Listen to search through our archive of Pastor J.D.'s teachings. You can even take these messages with you on the go with our mobile app. Find a link to our app on our website or search for In Spirit and Truth in your app store. 
This will provide you with hours of insight into the Bible, helpful links, and access to the latest editions of Pastor J.D.'s Mideast Prophecy Update. In these updates, Pastor J.D. takes a critical look at the news and events happening around the globe and compares them to the prophecies of the Bible, sharing God's views on what's taking place. These messages are new each weekend and will help you put world events into an eternal perspective. These Mideast Prophecy Updates are also available to watch on our YouTube channel, which you can access through our website. Again, that address is inspiritandtruthradio.com. Thanks for taking the time to listen to God's Word today. We pray it's blessed and encouraged you greatly. Pastor J.D. will continue studying through the book of Psalms when you join us next time, right here on In Spirit and Truth.